Point. This is a podcast. Counterpoint. It's Schmanners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? You know, I wasn't looking forward to Thanksgiving, but I think I am, finally. It's soon, so maybe I was just too far out. This Okay, no, here's the thing. Here's okay. what you do. What this do is, I do? This is one of my favorite things about Teresa. She is like a bell curve of excitement, but like kind of a reverse bell, an upside down <laughs> bell curve. Where like she gets really excited way out, right? And then between that time and really close to the event, she gets kind of anxious about it. And then when we get like right up to the event, she's like, well, now I'm excited again. Yeah, no, you're right. It's what happens every, like if we're going on a trip or a big event is coming up or whatever. It's yeah. always that. Yeah, it is. Except... This year, I am kind of really gunning for Christmas. Um, no, I, I know. I she, asked you. have been you. champing at the bit. <laughs> I have I have had to, no joke, like physically stop Teresa from putting up Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. And normally, I wouldn't mind, but we're hosting Thanksgiving this year, and I just can't allow it. I can't right, allow. But like, this is... This was not like a super awesome year for like anything in the world. And so like maybe we need a little Christmas. But we can have a little Christmas at Thanksgiving. I made brown butter bourbon. Don't care how I want it now. We've been watching a lot of Willy Wonka. It's one of BB's favorite movies. She likes the candy movie. So (laughs) here we are. Now here's the thing. We're going to talk about debating. Yes. This week. And the thing is. It can take on many different forms. And really, I think we're going to constantly keep kind of repeating the same kind of point, which is I think most days they're like when people think about debate one, I would say the majority of the time what they're actually talking about is arguing. Yes. Um, And then there is like the structured like debate that is like what you might think of in like political realms or philosophical or like school speech and debate and then there's like a debate you might get in with your friend group about like what's the worst movie of all time that kind of thing sure but the thing about debate that i'm really going to stress is in debate there are rules that both parties follow so a lot like like a harry potter duel Right? Everybody knows the rules. You're doing a lot of head work right Sorry. now. Sorry. Everybody knows the rules. And the reason that the debate or the duel works is because people follow those rules. And so when and you're are, arguing on Facebook, that's not a debate. Yeah, because if, if, you haven't agreed on the rules. If I can make a, a different analogy... I think it's like the difference between like a fencing competition and a sword fight to the death. Sure. Yes. You know what I mean? Like when you're in a fencing competition, like you get penalized for doing things wrong and there's judges, right? Versus like you have a sword and I have a sword and whatever way it happens, 
I'm just trying not to be the one who ends up dead. Yeah. Like, Got it's, it. It's a very different. Did you think my Harry Potter duel was not like relatable no, enough? No, it was for, very like... good. It was very good. It just didn't have a counterpoint. Like, I did guess it have too much head movement? No, you could have said it's like a Harry Potter duel versus like when you're fighting Voldemort. Okay, right. You need to compare and contrast. I see. I got it now. You need a two point thing. Hey, speaking of high school debate, uh huh. Did you do it? Wait, hold on. I did not. I did speech. I did my, speech as well. My older sister did debate, though, which, when you think about it, makes a lot of sense um, because it is a highly cerebral context and you have to be impeccably organized. Yeah. Um, I remember going on debate, uh, speech and debate tournaments with my sister. Um, you know, I was on one side of the bus with the speech kids and she was on the other. You had to sit on separate sides of the bus? Or no, just, but it shook out that way. No, it shook out okay. that way because the debaters always went to the back to so that to prep because yeah. they had to conference. Um, but they just like would roll in with files upon files and stacks and stacks of all this stuff that they had prepared in case of any kind of like rebuttal they hadn't memorized already for. Yeah, you had like you have to be able because like if someone brings up a point that you do not rebut. Mm-hmm. Then like they score points for right. that. Even even if it's like an absolutely bonkers like point, then it's like like for example, I remember You have to say that it's bonkers. Yeah. If you don't address it, you lose points. I so I did not do debate, but I, I did speech, but I, I practiced debate with the debaters where like basically my job was to just like think is outside the box and try and thing. rattle them right yeah. yeah and like and so they it was it was that kind of like uh obstacle course kind of training and they had uh the topic was like weapons of mass destruction and i was like handguns and they're like what and i was like look at all the handgun deaths everywhere yeah like you could consider a handgun a weapon of mass destruction in great numbers and they were like uh, and like that kind of thing or you know like well again so what I was gonna I'm gonna go through that one of the things that the the commonalities between uh, debate teams is they understand the role of fallacies mm-hmm. and what you just used was statistical fallacy correct um, and so like you know you wouldn't even really have to say that's really dumb because the amount of handguns doesn't count as blah, 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 blah. All you would have to say to counter that point is statistical fallacy. Right. Because we all know the rules. Correct. And that's the thing is you see that a lot now. It's kind of that like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Not to keep referencing guns, but that idea of I see a lot, especially in social media, where someone is trying to say like, well, that's a slippery slope argument. It's a straw man fallacy that these these fallacies and the other person doesn't care that they're using fallacies. Right. And it's like you're trying to argue with it. It's uh, another analogy. It's like the red coats <laughs> versus the like. You're so uh, analogous China. today. It's the red coats versus the U.S. rebels. Right. Where it's like the Americans were like hanging from trees and hiding in bushes and swamps while the red coats are like marching in formation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you're not you're not doing war by the rules. Right. That's a lot of what I see people like trying to debate stuff now. And that is something I wanted to address ahead of time because so just right off the bat, if someone is like trying to argue against like people's basic human rights or like the validity of someone as a person or anything along those lines, anything that is like 
specifically attacking or belittling or any of that. I'm not can't curse, but that stuff <laughs> like those people aren't debating like that. That it is. I think that too often now people like try to throw in the face like, well, you need to hear both sides and you need to hear me out when one, they're not willing to do that was also some great neck movement, by the way, when they're not willing to hear out both sides. But two, like you don't listen, I'll be the first to tell you, you don't need to hear out both sides. You don't need to do that because we are not in a high school speech and debate competition. All right. Speaking of high school speech and debate, uh, it was founded um, and it was called the National Forensic League in uh, 1925. You know, um, I did it for many years. I have no idea why it's forensics. Like, that doesn't have, like, I think of forensics like CSI stuff. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the root of the word. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, so the na- the first national tournament was held in 1931. I guess they needed those six years to, you know, teach everybody. Um, but then when the Great Depression hit, this was one of the things that you could do for free. <laughs> and so it didn't really hinder the membership growth at all. They uh, reached 400 chapters that year. It's pretty awesome. Um, they did, however, have to suspend the national tournament in 1942 due World to War World War II. Mm. Correct. Correct. Um, except... They did continue with Student Congress because uh, FDR really thought that it was important to continue that. Um, and so he wrote them a beautiful letter of recommend of commendation. There it is. Uh, so they did continue the Student Congress. Did you do Student Congress? No. I knew that people who did. That doesn't sound mm, fun. Like, that's the thing is, and and listen, that's not for me to say, like, if you did it, I think that you were wrong or whatever. Same with, like, a Model UN kind of deal. Right, yes. Now, as an adult, I look at that and I'm like, I wish I had done that. But, like, if you had told me, you know, like, when you're 14, when I was 14, 15, like, go do student congress, I'd be like, "Uh, no, thank you. I had friends who were in it, and it really took a very specific type of person to be able to to go and do that because not only do you have to be uh, well-versed in whatever kind of resolutions you're doing, you also have to be great at extemporaneous public speaking. Oh, see, I'm good at that. You are good at that. Um, you know, I never did extemporaneous I, as a speech uh, That's another speech competition. Yeah, I never did it. Like, and I think about that now and I'm like, what? What, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, and... They resumed. In case people are wondering, I did HIDI, which is humorous interpretation, dramatic interpretation, where you do like a scene, and I think it has to have at least three people in it, and one person does all the parts. I did duo, where it's two people doing a scene together. I did prose, uh, prose poetry, um, where you know you do readings of poetry. I think I did Shel Silverstein um, because I'm basic. And <laughs> uh, what else did I do? Um, I did uh, the after dinner. Um, no, we didn't have that category oh, in you Ohio. you didn't have after dinner? No. That was just like a prepared humorous speech. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, our categories were a little different in Ohio. Um, I did, let's see, I did duo um, and did okay, but like 
prose poetry was really kind of my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I specialized very quickly into that. What was your prose poetry choice? Um, well, I did two years of prose poetry. Um, in one, I did uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, but the the it was the one where the dwarves it's it's like uh i can't can't describe it it's in modern language kind of fairy tale deal Mm -hmm. um and the other one i did kurt vonnegut um the one where they they like make everybody the same by giving people chains and what's that called that's not cat's cradle is it no is it player piano no is it Bird in the house. Hold on. I made that one up. Harrison Bergeron. I've never heard of that before. Installment of Teresa Googles it. Well, it's a satirical and dystopian science fiction short story. Okay. Man, why didn't I do Ray Bradbury? I don't know. Kicking myself. Can I go back in time? I've always said that if I could go back in time, I would, of course, replace myself. Okay. I wrestled in middle school. I was very bad. I was very scrawny. If I could go back in time, I would freeze time. I would move. 13-year-old Travis out of the way. I would replace himself with 35-year-old Travis. <laughs> I would slam the other kid, and then I would freeze time again, and i put 12-year-old Travis back, and then i go in, and they'd be like, what just happened? He hulked out. But maybe what I should do <laughs> is do that back in time for, for uh, speech debate. Isn't that what Never Been Kissed is about? I don't think in Never Been Kissed, she teleports back in time and replaces herself kisses a young man and then teleports back forward in time. <laughs> Maybe I've, that's a I've, different movie. Yeah, I've only seen that once, but I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. Okay, we digress. In 1947, the national tournament returned. Um, and then it steadily grew throughout the 50s and the 60s um, up until the 19, uh, 1975 where they celebrated their golden anniversary. Pretty fun, right? Golden anniversary is... 50 years. 50 years. Uh, of working uh, on on the same college campus. Any, anyway, it yeah. was started on Repon College. Anyway, um, so, you know, over time, the rules have changed slightly. The way that points are done and things are adjudicated has changed. Um did you ever judge speech and debate competitions? I did not. I, when I was in school in Oklahoma, I went and did one at, I think it's Norman High School is the name of it. And I judged, I judged, of course, the speech part of it and did, uh, I think I judged HIDI. It was really interesting to be on the other side. I went and did it give everyone first place because I'm nice. You're you're not supposed to do it that way. I mean, I know. I didn't do it that way. I, oh. I gave them points or whatever, but... I just kept thinking, like, they're all trying so hard. Oh, bless their hearts. You are so tender. I know. Um, But one of the biggest changes recently has been uh, in 2010, they officially allowed computers to be used, including tablets and things like that, in policy debate, Lincoln-Douglas debate, public forum debate, congressional debate, as well as extemporaneous speaking. So before that, it all had to be like paper files and things. Um, but the with the addition of computers, I mean, I, I can see how that is good for teams because you can hold infinitely more. It's easily searchable. You can also like Google Docs share stuff with each other to keep your notes in instead of like... Yeah. 
And I, but I don't know if they're allowed to do internet searches. They, I would have to assume. Not. I think that they might have to already have the information they're looking for in the hard drive. I'm not sure. I didn't see. Mm. Um, but it does seem a little bit less intimidating to watch some. Like that was part of the game. I know for oh, my to be eighteen, definitely. Where they, you know, these they files, pop up in like a briefcase, and like their accordion folders. And exactly, like, exactly. These files that you're keeping once you, you know, you roll down the hallway with them, and the other teams are supposed to look. And go, oh my gosh, they've got so much prepared, like all this kind of stuff. But with a computer, that's kind of lost. I think. Just my thoughts. Um, so we have a bunch of questions that we touched on, and but I think we'll go deeper into them. But first, how about a thank you note to our sponsors? Hey, you've tried Round Space. Now try Square Space. What? What? Well, you know how Round Space is how people used to build websites, but it didn't work on mobile platforms. And it didn't have like e-commerce functionality and the templates were like really ugly and boring and like all that stuff. Well, someone said, you know what? I'm sick of using round space. It's time for Squarespace. And Squ- okay. Yeah. Squarespace. You can build a beautiful website. You can sell your products and services of all kinds. You can promote your physical or online business. You can announce an upcoming event or special project and more. And here's the thing. So everything that was wrong with Roundspace is now good. Yes. In Squarespace. Absolutely. Because Squarespace has beautiful customizable templates created by a world-class designer. Oh, my God. They have powerful e-commerce functionality so you can sell things online. Oh, my God. And analytics that help you grow in real time, built-in search engine optimization, nothing to patch or upgrade ever, and 24-7 award-winning customer support. And the thing is, Roundspace only had one slash three not award-winning customer support. (laughs) So like one hour a day for three days randomly a week, you might be able to get a hold of somebody. So make it stand out with a beautiful website from Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com slash schmanners for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code schmanners to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Well, I'm sold. Roundspace, get out of here. Roundspace is out. Roundspace is old. And Squarespace is hot. Hot or not, Roundspace, not. Okay. That's a miss. All right. Squarespace is a hit. Hey. Mm Mm-hmm. Schmanners is also supported in part by Zola. Uh, Zola is a really great one-stop shop for all of your wedding business. All of it. Um, And their aim is to make it stress-free. So wedding planning with free wedding websites, dream wedding registries, affordable save-the-dates and invitations, and even easy-to-use planning tools are all at your fingertips at Zola.com, where they have over a hundred beautiful wedding website designs that you can choose from to fit your couple style. And so one of the great things about Zola is they're, they're, the way that they have kind of streamlined, integrated, integrated the registry where you can do the gifts right there from Zola. They have so much stuff to choose from and at really great price points all over the map. There really is something for everyone there, and they do the thing where you can like share. Yes, I love that. It's I the love best thing. that. You know, because like that's the thing, especially in this day and age, where like. People live together before or even like live on their own before they get married. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I have Forbes. 
what I need is like a new TV. But I feel bad asking people to buy me a new TV. Exactly. Well, this way, like five of your guests could go in together to get that TV, or like a camera for your honeymoon, or something like that. Indeed. So, or just help you pay for your honeymoon. You know, the Honey Fund is it's always helpful. To start your free wedding website and get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to Z-O-L-A dot com slash schmanners. Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Graham. And we're two house DJs who have been trapped inside our drum machine. We love it here, and we'd love if you stopped by and visited us every week on Stop Stop Podcasting Podcasting Yourself here on MaximumFun.org. We're just a couple of doofuses from Canada. And listen to our show or perish. <laughs> Stop podcasting yourself <laughs> on MaximumFun.org. Hey, Kira. So Max FunCon tickets go on sale this Friday, November 23rd at 11 a.m. Pacific, and I'm trying to write a promo. Okay, so what do they need to know to look forward to? Inspiring classes. Live podcast tapings. Stand-up showcase. The s'mores party. Making new friends. Don't forget about the dance party! Oh, and it all takes place on a beautiful mountaintop. Okay, got it. Anything else? Well, if we missed anything, they can find all the details at maxfuncon.com. And And we'll we'll see see you in June. June! I think that went really well. Yeah, that sounded good. Okay, so we've talked about speech and debate. What about, like, debate? How do I debate? Okay. So here's here's a brief list of do's, things that are pretty common sense but is good to remind yourself. Try and stay calm. The, the emotional escalation leads to hurt feelings and arguments. If you're doing a de- if you are debating with someone, you want to keep things calm and rational, okay? And in that way, you need to have evidence-based facts, okay? If you are citing something, it always helps to have like real uh like stuff behind it instead of like, "Oh, I ho- I I heard this or blah blah blah." If you if you're really serious about this, Having facts with you, in your brain even, is a good way to go. Now, here's the thing. Like, if you hear that and you're like, "What? how do I do that? Like, if I'm just at a bar. This is why. Like, I'm, the best piece of advice that I think I can get in regards to debate is like, nine times out of ten, you should not do it. Like, it, like this is something where like, if you know, like, your friend feels like, and you want to, for, great schedule a time and do it but like three drinks in to a friday night at a bar is not the time to launch into an impromptu debate because it it will in in, i think inevitably lead to an argument um and and that leads to hurt or upset emotions and i would also say to Teresa's point if you are debating someone and you feel yourself getting upset especially if you feel like the other person is like trying to make you upset walk away from it yeah get out um another tactic that you can use is to ask questions try and draw out um what they are trying to say um because sometimes these uh, you might be really calm 
<laughs> but if the other person is leading emotionally instead of logically, these questions can help sort that out. I've also found that, and I, God knows I don't debate people on social media anymore because I care about my mental health. But um, I have found that a lot of times what people who are trolling and just trying to upset you, they want you to talk so they can poke holes at your arguments and make fun of your arguments and upset you. But if you say to them, like, why do you feel the way you do? Why do you think that? Why mm -hmm. is that? They rarely have. They'll say stuff like, well, if that's how you're going to be. And it's like <laughs> sometimes like that. When we talk about picking battles, that's kind of I what I usually think of. Not like not like someone is threatening your life. And I mean that in every way you can. Or like they are insulting to who you are. Or you need to stand up for yourself. But more like, no, I really feel like you just want to make me feel bad. And there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to change your mind. So I'm just going to walk away from that. Mm -hmm. uh, the next tip is to appeal to higher values. Use the, the commonality that humans share. Um, something like the idea of you know, wouldn't wouldn't you want to leave the bed, uh, the world a better place for your children? Mm -hmm. Something that that we can all get behind increases the dyna the the commonality in your um in your conversation. Um, I also want to say this seems like a given, but you need to listen to the other person. It's really hard to have a debate and not try and think about the next thing that you're going to say, um, but. Really listening not only shows compassion, but it also makes it so that your reply builds on what they have said. Right. Because that's the thing, too. Of like, if you're really trying to change hearts and minds, you have to respond to them. Exactly. You have to say, like, listen, I totally understand why that's a concern for you. But if you think about it this way, like, instead of just saying, like, okay, good, you're done talking. Now I can talk. Mm -hmm. um, that's a thing that if you've never done speech and debate in, in like high school structured stuff or even college, like you don't choose what side you're on in the debate. So exactly. Like, a lot of it, it, it really, I think that's another thing that people run into in like casual debates, just like, you know, hanging out with people is sometimes if you're really invested in something, it can make it really hard to debate it. Mm -hmm. Because it's really hard to listen to someone be wrong about something that you really care about. And it's really hard to separate emotion from it at that point. It, I, I don't know. I This is a little bit of like old man Travis telling you like, you know, we don't have a lot of time on this earth. And to waste it being upset at folks <laughs> who are just trying to upset you. Well, gosh, I just don't know. That leads in very nicely to another point. Try and look for a win-win situation. We talked about this in our negotiating episode. Please go listen to it. Rate, review, subscribe. Anyway, um, it's it's really hard with, if you think about a fight, right? Like a boxing match or something. There has to be a winner. But in a negotiation, compromise is is available. Yeah. that. So I want to jump into the questions now because this ties into this. 
at Ice Trap asked, how do you politely explain you need to step away from the debate because it's getting too personal? And I think to Teresa's point, at any point you can say, you have given me a lot to think about. Thank you. And, you know, let's let's call it. Let's leave it there now. Right? Like, instead of saying, like, I'm done with this, right? Like, saying, like, well, you give me a lot to think about. I think I need to take a break. You know, like... That kind of thing. Pass the cranberry sauce. Pass the cranberry sauce. Um, <laughs> this is from Jessica. How do you deal with someone who only listens if you have proof or resources available on hand? Um, well, on the one hand, especially with, um, you know, internet and smartphones and stuff these days, I think if it's something like you know exactly where it is or you like, you can say like, give me one second, pull it up. That also might give you a chance to like take a breath and them to mm-hmm. take a breath. But I also think it's fine to say like, I don't have it on hand right now, but I can find it for you later. Or maybe this is something that would be better served as like an email exchange where you can, um, you know, share your sources, provide links, things like that. And this also will give you the time to, you know, construct your arguments better. So maybe a good idea would be to say, you know, I am not prepared to, to deal to like, discuss this thoroughly let me have your email address and i'll get back to you um this is from katie and it's incredibly relatable for me what should you do if you're debating with someone and halfway through you realize that you're wrong now katie if you're addressing me then it's probably that i have just realized that i have been arguing a point that is not just not like, oh, you know what? You're right, and I you've changed my moral mind. But more that I have been arguing something that is just factually incorrect. <laughs> I remember once when I was young, like uh, a young teenager, like I said something like uh, that St. Patrick's Day was a Scottish holiday. Is that space in Ireland? Um, that's where that's from. And uh, I think I tried to argue it for about three minutes before I realized that I was wrong. So I doubled down. Oh, no. It was just a mistake. Just a mistake. Um, I think that that is a really, uh, a really great thing, not doubling down. Uh, no. Conceding a point. And you could say, you know, I never thought about it that way. Thank you for, for sharing that. Especially with someone who you enjoy discussing things with. And talking about things with, like, establishing, and I know it seems backwards, but establishing, like, credit as, like, someone who admits when they're wrong. Absolutely. Like, that's that's a good thing to do. In general, it's a good thing to be someone who admits when they're wrong, just as a general rule of thumb. Um, this is from Amber. What's the most respectful way to handle a debate that's going in circles when the other side keeps going back to the same point you've already addressed? Um, I think this is, you know, when you find yourself in this kind of cyclical argument, this is a good time to do like Travis said and say, you've given me a lot to think about. Um, pass the cranberry sauce. Pass you know, the cranberry sauce. <laughs> so or have like, the mashed potatoes. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. <laughs> pass the turkey. Um, you, you spending your emotional energy continuing to debate the same point over and over is that worth it? I don't think so. See, okay. So to that same point, Christopher asked, how do you keep a little level head when debating with frustrating people? And I think that it's, one of the things that I have learned is that in my life, there are people whose 
thoughts and opinions matter to me. And those are the people who, if they are something that I think they are fundamentally like on the wrong side of, it's important to me to invest the time and energy to talk to them about it, understand why they feel the way that they do and try to change their minds. But there are also people who like what they think doesn't matter to me. I mean, whether the, I, however you want to phrase that for yourself, if that feels callous, like some rando stranger on Twitter who's trying to like get my hackles up, like I'm not going to invest the time there. You know what I mean? But like a coworker who I think is fundamentally a good person who doesn't understand why what they're saying is wrong, whether factually or morally, that's someone that I'm going to invest the time in. Mm -hmm. And so it's not to say like, don't get in debates and arguments with people because it's too stressful. But it's more of like, if, you know, if you another analogy, think of it like spending your money. You know what I mean? Like, certainly is is it worth it? And maybe it's expensive, but it's totally worth it versus like buying a piece of crap that's way overpriced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's also like there's something about. So, for example, like if it's a philosophical debate about like. I know, like, for example, in The Good Place, they have a lot of these. Oh, yeah. Right? That kind of thing. Like, man, I will get into that all day long. But, like, if somebody tried to debate with me that, like, women don't deserve respect or whatever, like, no, we're not going to debate this. Because in debating it, I am acknowledging that you might have valid points. So instead, it's like, no, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, and then I'm going to walk away. (laughs) Like, this isn't a debate. It's an intervention. And, like, that's a different thing altogether. Okay. Back to the question. Some practical things that you can do. Make sure that you're breathing, okay? Because the absence of breath creates pain, and the pain is emotional as well. Continue to breathe. Take deep breaths. Slow down your own speech. Try and take the, you know, take the physical things that you can do that de-escalate an argument. Like I said, breathing, um, slow down your speech, lower your tone, and and try not to be condescending while you do it. But when emotions are running high, pitch also goes high. Yeah. And the last thing I would suggest is sit down. Yes. If you are standing and debating again, this can make the make things just escalate. Sit down and try and relax your body and your mind will hopefully follow suit. And and I also think like this is another one of those cases of like the polite thing to do is to say the thing out loud, right? So like if they're being frustrating, you don't need to say like you're being frustrated. But I think that it's okay to say, like, I feel like we just keep back coming back to the same points again and again. So maybe it's time that we call this. Or, for example, this question um, from someone whose username is Satan, eat my shorts. Um, how do I tell someone that their opinion involves not granting basic human rights to marginalized groups and isn't a fun debate for me? It's tiring and disturbing to talk to them. That. Like, that's the thing is, like, if someone is doing that... I think it's well within manners and etiquette to be like, this is an exhausting topic for me because I feel like you're ignoring the fact that this is not granting basic human rights to marginalized groups. So I am not interested in debating this. Sure. Right. Like I'll agree with that. Right. Like that's it's that is, I think, 
perfectly polite. Um, th- um, I want to mention on this thread that I ran across a wonderful article with concrete, like, you can lift these words. They are in quotes for you to use. Examples of how to talk about things like racism to your family. Um, I want to recommend it. It's on Harper. Sorry, Harper's Bazaar magazine online. um, And it is an opinion piece by Rachel Elizabeth Carley. Cargley, sorry. Can you spell the last thing? C-A-R-G-L-E. And it is called How to Talk to Your Family About Racism on Thanksgiving. Uh, We will link it in our um, in our podcast description. And like I said, really great article and they give concrete things you can actually say. Um, so uh, let's see, a couple more here. Um, this is from Semi Sharkish. How do you call someone out for debating based on opinion rather than fact? I think depending on the topic. So, for example, like if you were having a debate about like the best horror movie, sure, that's inherently opinion based, mm-hmm. right? If you were having a debate about like. I don't know. See, it's hard for me. uh, There are some things like the most effective form of government, right? Like that could be a very fact-based if you're a learned person who knows about those kinds of things. But I think unless you're actually sitting down to have a debate with someone about it, it might easily turn to opinion. I think that's it. Is like if you find yourself in the situation where you recognize that the other person is arguing based on opinion rather than fact, maybe in your mind, take a step back and figure out if you're actually in an opinion-based debate Mm -hmm. rather than a fact-based debate and like operate from there. I think this is also a good, a good time for you to ask questions about what they are talking about in the way of like, and what makes you say that? Where did you hear that? Um, You know, how, how do not just how does this make you feel but where where did you learn about this what is you know what's an example what's your experience things like that and and that's the thing is because sometimes what someone really wants to do is talk about their own thoughts right like they say they want to have a debate but really they just have opinions that they want to share you know what i mean and and so one last question here this is from wales W-H-A-L-E-S, so I have to assume this person's a representative speaking for. (laughs) No. no. How do you handle someone who elevates any conversation which contains disagreement to a formal debate? One, I can say, I think that sounds exhausting. Yeah. Um, And I think if I were you and this was like a friend of yours, I would say like, hey, that's exhausting. Like, it's okay for us to disagree on like what's our favorite episode of Frasier, right? Everyone knows it's the episode where Niles runs up and down the stairs because the power's out and the elevator's not working and he delivers a great monologue. But if you feel differently, that's okay. It's fine. Who cares? If you feel that Frasier was a really boring show. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) Huh. A weird thing to learn eight years into our relationship, but all right. Wow. Um, I think that you can... First of all, sometimes things just end in a deadlock. Yep. They end in a stalemate. Sometimes people disagree. You just disagree. And 
if this is something that continues to come up and you just don't want to do this debate, you can just say, I disagree. Here's a great, this is a great example. Like classic, you know, sitting around having a conversation question, cake or pie, right? Right. There is no conclusive end to that, right? The fun of it is like, how many different counterpoints can we bring up of cake versus pie, right? Like, does ice cream cake count as cake? It does says cheesecake, cake, right? Does that cheesecake? Kind of cheesecake is a custard, right? That is a great example of a debate, right? Versus, like, I don't know, like, what you said hurt my feelings. Well, let me explain to you why what I said is okay. That's an argument. That's right. not That's not a debate. And And so I think that, like... If somebody's like, what, you thought the movie was good? Let me break down point by point. I think it's okay to say like, hey, I actually don't want to do this. I liked the movie and I'm fine with the fact that you don't like the movie. And let's yeah. just leave it there. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of leaving it there, that's going to do it for us this week. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Have a pleasant holiday. And I also want to say, if there are people in your life and maybe this is, I didn't mean for this, but maybe this is a really germane episode for some folks where, like, you know you're heading into the holidays, like, throughout the rest of the year, and you're going to encounter that person who always wants to, like, argue bait with you. I think it's okay to, like, not this year. Like, if you don't want to, if you want to, go for it. But if you don't want to, don't. Don't. Just take it easy. You have my permission. All right. Thanks for that. You're welcome. This is your dad, Travis, <laughs> saying it's okay to occasionally... Ju- and maybe that's it. Oh, this is a thing. I'm going to make a suggestion. In the game of Urban Shadows that we based uh, the Adventure Zone Dust on, there's this game mechanic where everybody has a card with an X on it. And if a subject is brought up that is problematic and upsets someone at the table... They can just hold up their X card and the players at the table change the the topic to something else, right? Hmm. You don't have to say, like, this is why it upsets me, and this, right? And, like, you don't have to, like, raise your hand and interrupt the thing. Maybe if your family knows that they have a bad habit of getting into arguments and you all don't want to, maybe pass out some note cards with some X's on them and in- implement the same rule. Just a suggestion. That's interesting. A thing you could try. Um, So go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. They're all incredible and you'll love them. That's a Travis McElroy guarantee. Um, We have up at McElroyBerch.com on uh, the merch company DFTBA. We have some beautiful pins. Uh, that's like a really cute dove talking to a really cute deer that says, hello, my dove. Hello, dear. Um, and you can find the same design on a really nice T-shirt that designed by Kate Leff. Uh, that is at MacroyMerch.com. Um, Tell them about the newsletter. Oh, right. We're, we're do a Macroy Mail newsletter thing now that contains all the information about all of our various projects and upcoming things and all that rigmarole. Ooh, speaking of Thanksgiving and upcoming projects. It's time once again for another episode of Till Death Do Us Blart, <laughs> where me and Justin and Griffin and our friends Tim and Guy watch and review Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. We do it every American Thanksgiving and we'll do so for the rest of linear time because when we die, we have chosen our replacements and they must legally 
take over the show from us and keep it going forever. Um, and so that will be out this Thursday. Um, and you can listen to it. I mean, I guess it's called Till Death Do Us Blart. Um, and there's only three other episodes right now. So if you haven't listened to it before, go check it out. Uh, what else, Teresa? Well, we always thank Brent, Brentle Floss Black, for our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Um, also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our beautiful thumbnail art on Twitter. And you can follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. Um, also, thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for a beautiful cover what banner whatever what is yeah. that called uh for our fan run facebook group which you should join called schmanners fanners uh and that's gonna do it uh join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manners schmanners get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.